The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. This is Wildcat Insider with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, and KMAN Sports Director, Mitch Fortner. Well, no Mitch today. He happens to still be en route. He doesn't get the cushy seat like the gentleman across the table from me does. Not that it's helped out Wyatt's uh, sleeping at all very much <laughs> to have gotten back into town last night. How are you, bud? I'm good, Hall of Famer. How are you? I'm really, really good. I Man, we got a lot to talk about today, don't we? We've got a ton to talk <laughs> about, and it's going to be a fun program. In the midst of a point on the calendar where the folks in the athletic department are sitting here going, hey, uh... We need every hand on deck here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty special when you're playing past St. Patrick's Day, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is. Oh, yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Troy Coverdale, sitting in for Mitch this afternoon. He, of course, is Wyatt Thompson. And we've got so much to talk about after yesterday. But first of all, a tip of the cap I, I want to mention, and we were discussing uh, off-air the crowd that arrived at the airport last night to welcome the team back when it got to town. You know, I have to say, it surprised me even how big the crowd gathering was. We had heard, you know, a little bit about there might be a few people there, and I think the Manhattan Catbacker people were trying to get, you know, a few there. But <laughs> when when we came down the ramp and I saw the room to the right. Um, at baggage claim, I couldn't believe how full it was. And, I mean, there were people getting autographs and taking pictures mm-hmm. and hugging and, you know, loving up on Kansas State basketball. And, I mean, it was just, you know, you live for those kind of moments, to be honest with you. And it comes, of course, on the heel of a, a Friday night win against a good Montana State team and then the, the victory on Sunday against, uh, well, frankly, an even better Kentucky team. Sure. And uh, now you head to New York City, which is just so cool. Um, really proud of those guys. <laughs> you know, we I, I loved calling the game yesterday. That was a high-level game, man. It was fun. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that stood out to me. And I've seen it mentioned in other media outlets here over the course of the day today. That was an Elite Eight caliber game, not a round of 32 game I agree. in how it was played. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me that K-State was the three. And this happens. Mm-hmm. It, it happens. You know, big names, you know, sometimes get the benefit of the doubt. And Kentucky was a slight favorite despite the fact that they were the sixth seed and, and K-State was the three. But I, I think sometimes you need reminders that, you know, everybody is in the competition. And we all have strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I say that to say this. I felt like K-State um, really, re- I think they believed from the get-go that if they played the way they wanted to play, they could win the game. And I know it's easy to say that, but I'm talking about just in the matchups. As an example, she, we know what kind of hulk of a man Shibley is. <laughs> and yet he still has a few weaknesses, and K-State was able to expose that. Mm-hmm. I thought K-State did a really good job against their other two big-name guys. I mean, at the end of the day, Jacob Toppin goes one for seven, and Antonio Reeves didn't score a point until the 
waning moments of the game and finished 1-for-15 and 1-for-10. This is a guy that was a 41 or 2 point, or 41 or 2 percent three-point shooter. So K-State did a lot of good things. I think they played to their strengths, which is their length, their athleticism, Mm -hmm. their speed and quickness, and um, the game went their way. Let's start on the defensive side before we get into everything that stands out offensively because you brought up those numbers. And I did see someone complaining on social media at one point, not a college basketball fan per se, apparently, because they were complaining about the low caliber of game it actually was. No, this was a high caliber game between two programs that play very good defense when they are on their A game. And it showed for the Cats yesterday. Well, I I think first and foremost, in that scenario that you're describing, to appreciate basketball at all levels, you have to at least appreciate to some level Really, really good defense. <laughs> right. I mean, that that, that really is uh, the case. It, it, it's, it's not a game where you can just expect that it's going to be run it up and down the floor and score at will. Right. Well, there's too many athletes like that mm-hmm. now on so many teams. Um, officiating matters in terms of how the game is called. True. As an example, I felt like the game – that was called in the first half yesterday was different in the second half than the first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just was. And those things happen. It isn't necessarily something that they're trying to do, I don't think, but it's just kind of one of those deals. I think you had a team in Kentucky that, with Shebway, had the ability to be very physical in the post, you know, push you around, grind through, and yet some length and athleticism and some shooters that they they scare you. But K-State, I think, has been undervalued all season long with their ability to defend when they're cut in and, and playing the way they're capable of playing. And on top of that, um, I have to say, <laughs> this makes me feel good saying this, I thought in the two games this past weekend, Friday, Sunday, that Ish Masood and David Gasson both played as good a defense as they have played in their careers at K-State. Um, I loved the way Ish was helping yesterday on Shebway. It wasn't always perfect, you know, and David got shoved around some too, mm-hmm. but hey, 6'9 and 265, you're going to get shoved around occasionally, right? Yes, and it's just kind of what it is, but I love the way they competed. There, there was a play, I, I don't know that I'll ever forget this, it, it was kind of, it wasn't exactly in front of us because it was at the basket, but it was, it was to the short side to our left as we're sitting there on, on the floor. K-State runs an inbounds play, Desi Sills catches, lays it up and in, and Oscar Sheepway standing there, and it, he has this look on his face, and I'm, I'm, pardon the language, how in the hell did that just happen? Right. I mean, he looked lost, and he just... He claps his hands and he's shaking his head, running back up the floor. I love that. I mean, it just it, it. K State is a thorn in your side when they're playing at optimum level. Not only that, but they're able to do so many things when they 
are able to get the ball out of your hands and get moving in transition Mm -hmm. or take the ball out of the net and get moving in transition even there. Desi's a big part of that because of his speed, but Marquise, with his caliber of dribbling, is also a, a tremendous part of ensuring that this team has a tempo that it wants to play at, and it can surprise you with that tempo at times. Well, I remember visiting with Coach Tang for pregame and and asking him about the matchup at the point guard position where you have a Marquise Noel who has had a dream of a season, right? I mean, let's just say that straight up. I, I think everybody was expecting him to be a really good player this year. I don't know that anybody really saw a level of All-American coming, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And he goes up against Cason Wallace, who probably was one of the two or I'm going to say two best high school point guards in the country a year ago, and he is a dude, (laughs) as Coach Tang likes to say. (laughs) He's 6'4", 193, versus... I mean, are, are we going to list list Keese at five eight or what he really is at maybe five six and a half and mm-hmm. you know one hundred and sixty pounds, but really strong and elite quickness. Anyway, the point of the story is is that they're as different as night and day, but both were hugely impactful in the game. If you didn't, if you watched the game yesterday and didn't appreciate Wallace for for what he is as a talent, I think you missed it there. He's good. For all of what K-State was able to do yesterday, I don't know that it gets much better than the latter part of the first half. Gateway kicks it left, back up top, Frederick for a triple. That one off the front rim, ball tipped by Carter to Livingston. Right side three again for Kentucky, that one is long on the miss by Reeves, and it's Tomlin with the board, K-State is pushing it. Here's Noel to Keontae for the throwdown. Behind a back pass from the wing to Keontae running down the middle for a dunk. 22-21 Kentucky, the K-State fans excited as you might expect. Three minutes to go in the first half. Kentucky with the basketball. There's the throw inside. It's a turnover. K-State is running. Here's Marquise Noel between the legs. Keontae fouled at the rim. Marquise looks like over the last 30 seconds or so like an NBA guy. What a pass that was. And Keontae just hacked at the rim by Kentucky. And that is their sixth. And it will be the second on Toppin. Here's Marquise into the front court from left to right. Works left wing with the right-handed dribble. Drives top of the circle. Through the lane. Layup. Got it. How about that? They were looking for the pass. And he made him pay. He's got four. K-State in front. 27-26. And, of course, then the finish to the half that had everybody talking at the break the the alley oop that closes out half number one because of a cut and just fire it up and let naquan finish it <laughs> well i don't know if you have that audio but I'll, I'll say this it wasn't necessarily my best call ever uh, yeah but, but i i knew the moment that i listened to it i'm like yeah, yeah. I, I know that why but, it's but critical I, I, well i am i am and just because i am sure but, but the reality of it is i saw it coming and, and I'm so excited to this point because they're, they have struggled a lot of the half, and it's like, we're going to have the yeah. lead at halftime. Yeah. You know? Sometimes you'd have to just bring it down a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> but it was an incredible pass and dunk and a, and a terrific way to end the half. Ian Eagle on the TV broadcast made a reference, and it's similar to one that Stan Weber had made against – Texas Tech, I think it was, a a while back. And that was at a point, or no, it was against TCU in the home game here. 
and that was at a point it started to look like the Globetrotters. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, you're talking about, in uh, Ian's case, the voice of the Brooklyn Nets on television mm-hmm. and radio and is going to next year take over for Jim Nance uh, as the voice of the Final Four. Yeah. And for him to be commenting and be surprised at what he was seeing from what Marquise Noel was doing yesterday. Well, you know, we, we can probably talk the rest of the day about Marquise and, sure. and what he's been. And I'm glad that those guys get from time to time exposed to players like that because Ian is very good. There's no doubt about that. He's also a good guy. Oh, yes. Uh, you, it was funny you talked about Stan there, too, because Stan, I think, loved his con- – he, he caught up with Ian and talked to him a little bit the day before the Kentucky game. And, oh, man, he had such a good time with that. But but the point is is that you know he saw what we've been – enjoying and experiencing for two years, but especially with this season. And it is hard not to get excited when, yeah, I, I've in many interviews today, I, I've said things like, you occasionally have to live with a bad shot or a bad pass with him. And in the same breath, he is going to make a play or two or three or four every night that most people aren't capable of or a few that are capable of. And that's what I appreciate. And, and <laughs> Marquise has been so – did you see the, the the question in the press conference where he's asked about is there an advantage to being short? Did you, <laughs> did you see that? I did not. I think we will hit on that one a little later, though, okay. because we do okay. have the press conference breakouts from yesterday, okay. so we can uh, get, get some of those. Mitch did send those back before uh, <laughs> leaving Greensboro himself. And, in fact, when we come back, we will look at the key stretch of the second half – as the Cats put this one away over Kentucky yesterday in the process, moving themselves into the Sweet 16 <laughs> and heading for New York. You just love hearing that, don't you? I do. Sounds great, doesn't it? It absolutely does. And heading for Madison Square Garden, we continue on Wildcat Insider in a moment. Wildcat Insider continues on News Radio KMAN. Troy Coverdale in for Mitch Fortner, who is traveling today. Mitch is going to be a little like you in the limited amount of time to do laundry and get turned back around. Oh, yeah. Because he is headed for New York City as well. <laughs> He'll be a day behind you in that aspect. Yeah, and and you mentioned at the start of the show, I'm I'm very fortunate in the way I travel because I was with the team. We we I mean, we got home at a pretty good time last night. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily equate to going to bed early, no. uh, early but uh, at least in in my case, because I had so much to do. But um, it, it, hey. Complaining at this particular point doesn't work, so I'm not going to even go there. I, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Mitch and and everybody that's you know kind of worked with this team. They're around the arena and in the press room yesterday, afterwards. I mean, <laughs> I think even the the people that were working the regional, you mm-hmm. know, the event staff people were, you know, <laughs> I think they were entertained by the joy of K-State <laughs> uh, uh, players, coaches, staff, whatever, whatever you want to say there. It's a great point because in the pregame, on television, Clark Kellogg noting the joy oh, yeah. of Jerome Tang. Yeah. You know, there. here's the thing, too, uh, and, and we can certainly talk about 
the job that he has done this year. It's just been extraordinary. But the one thing that really stuck out um, was I think we were going to have a motivated team to play yesterday regardless sure. of, of where they would go if they would win the game. But the fact that for those four that are going home, <laughs> the emotion that they had about it um, was was pretty pretty amazing. And I think the guys that are not from there wanted it to happen for those guys so bad that it really kind of became a thing. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And, and like, I, I talked to Desi um, for pregame for the Kentucky game and, and asked, you know, have you guys talked about that? And he, he didn't even try to avoid it. He says, oh, yeah, we've talked a lot about it. It's exactly what we want to do. But, and, and I love this part because he said, but we got to go 1-0. You know, you know, and that's kind of their deal. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. <laughs> and they, they, got, they got that accomplished. And now, uh, but I will say this too. I was surprised, pleasantly surprised, when Ish came over to do radio with us when Kenny Lanou brought him over. I couldn't believe his emotion. Right. I mean, he was overcome with emotion, and it was, it was great radio. I would imagine it would have been spectacular television, mm-hmm. and that's probably what you saw uh, with Tang and those players at center court. I mean, <laughs> there was a point where, I guess sometimes I'm telling more than I should, but um, Kenny was trying to get Ish over to us to the radio site. And Ish is such he's he's a superb kid. He is. Uh, I love the guy. Anyway, Kenny's kind of tug, tugging on him, and he's he turns around and he looks at Kenny and, and he puts up a, uh, his index finger, saying, "Please just give me another second or two here." <laughs> and and I I went like this to Kenny, holding my hand up and saying, it, "It's good. Just roll with it." Yeah. And and then and very shortly after that, he came over. But I, I appreciated him for doing it. Um, and sharing his emotion with with our radio audience, how big or whatever it might have been, because um, you know, I thought that was such a big story uh, for those guys, and they were having so much fun, not only on the floor after the game, but e- even on the on the plane flight back. They Curtis Kelly had him rolling. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and D. Scott Fritchin had such a great piece on Ish last mm-hmm. week on. KStateSports.com outlining the 500 shots a day and the things that went into building. And when you realize, for those who who don't understand what playground basketball in in New York City means, Mm -hmm. guys that play at Rucker Park, those are dudes. Oh, sure. Those are dudes. And and in both... That's how they grow up. That's how... Exactly. And... And in both Ish and Marquise's cases, they learned by playing at Rucker Park. Mm-hmm. And we're the ones that are reaping the benefits of it sure. now. Oh, that's, that's well said. And I think what I would add to that is is that when Ish was talking to us yesterday, um, he referenced something that I witnessed myself all the way back to last June. There was a moment when, and I'm, I'm going to guess it was probably around lunchtime or whatever, but I'm walking to my vehicle, and this would have be, been coming out of Bramlage, and as I'm coming towards the east parking lot, here comes Ish and Keese out of ICE, the ICE mm-hmm. training facility, 
they had both just been through a lift and w- stepped outside for a little bit of a breather. Both just had shorts on, no shirts, and I mean, they were hurting. <laughs> you know, I mean, they were yeah. working, yeah. right? And I, when he mentioned that yesterday, that was the image that popped into my head. And and what he said was, is that we've we've you know all good things you pay you know you pay a price for it, right? <laughs> if you want to be good, you got to work at it. And that's why I think I'm so happy for him and them because, you know, you you got to see a few things of what they have put into it. Absolutely, it's just not. He's he's absolutely in every way a better player uh, than he was a year ago, and and part of it is the strength part. Absolutely, yeah. I would agree with that. He yeah. is not getting pushed the way that he was yeah. when he was having to play the five a year ago, right? Because we didn't have anybody that was healthy to play <laughs> a five at that point. And he'd be the first to say. I still am not as strong as I need to be. No. However, the effort on top of the added strength has helped a lot too, and um, I'm I'm really thrilled for him. And 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 Marquise, this has been. Can you imagine what <laughs> for this season that he's put in? What it will be like for him to play. Uh, oh. There um, this week that'll be that'll be so cool. We've got so much more to talk about on that regard, but the key stretch to me yesterday afternoon is. Actually, maybe starting a little earlier than what everybody remembers it as, because we all know about the two shots back-to-back that we thought of. Mm -hmm. But as I sat down and I went back over this game in my head, I realized, you know, this was a four-point deficit, and it took a little more fight than what just those two shots had. Uh, This is where K-State got right back to within one, after falling behind by four. Under four minutes to play in the game, and K-State looks tired. They may need a break here. Both teams are tired for that matter. Here's Noel. Marquise with the ball to Naquan Tomlin. Back to Keese. 15 on the shot clock. Here's Noel. Gets the screen. Works away from it. Three-pointer on the way. Swish again! Marquise Noel with 19 and three threes. Wildcats back to within 60 to 59. That was an incredible shot. Two things stand out to me about that. The first is the crowd reaction. Mm -hmm. You just heard the Kentucky fans audibly gasp (laughs) and go silent. Yeah. The second aspect of that is, and you nailed it, in that K-State was tired at that point, and it showed in that they were down four. Mm -hmm. They needed a little juice. Keese was able to give it to him. Well, it was a hard shot, too. Yes. Not that he's not used to taking hard shots, and this is an Ironman guy for as small as he is. We're we're talking about a 37, 38, 39, 40-minute-a-game guy, whatever-it-takes kind of guy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. But when he released the shot, you could tell it was towards the goal. But in my opinion, and it was pretty close to where we were at, I'm thinking that may be just a a little tiny bit short. And he was shooting it over Oscar. Of all people. Yeah. (laughs) So to get that one down, um, that kind of led to some other cool things. So at that point, it's 335 remaining in the ballgame. The Cats are to within one. Shortly after that, in fact, 15 seconds later, following a Marquise steal, we get the media timeout. Everybody catches their breath. They're helped out by the fact that it's a lengthy timeout because of it being the tournament. Marquise comes out of the timeout with a drive. He gets fouled. 
the questionable call mm-hmm. because he was apparently going up to sh- uh, to pass, not shoot. Yet they awarded him the two free throws. Mm-hmm. K State takes the lead. From there, that's where the real ending heroics kick in. 62-61, Kentucky with the lead, down to two and a half minutes to go. Here's Marquise Noel with the basketball. Keontae Johnson out there to screen for him. Right side, Masood. A three for the lead. Splash! He got it! Ish Masood knocks it down. His first, the Cats fourth, and K-State leads 64-62. Wyatt, I said earlier, Ish Masood on the weak side is a guy that could bomb it home. 2.05 to go. Here's Wallace on the drive towards the lane. Kicks it out. Three-point try. Rattles out. K-State the rebound. Gasson is hit and goes down. No foul but he's okay. He lost his shoe. K-State the other way, and they'll wait on him here. Here's Desi Sills off to Marquise Noel. His shoe's not on yet. He's got a flat tire. He sure does. Minute 48 to go, and he still doesn't have it on, but he's going to play on. Here's Noel with it. He'll free at the top. This one is long, and it's tipped back out. David Gasson with basically one tire kept it alive and to K-State. He got one hand up in the air and tipped it back to half court. 90 seconds to go. K-State leads 64-62. Right side, Keontae Johnson. Step back three for Key. Bang! He got it! What a shot! Keontae Johnson with 13. 67-62 K-State. Who wins that three-point battle? Wow, this is amazing. At that point... K-State had rallied from four down to take a lead that they would never relinquish. All told, in the final 358 of the ballgame, the Cats go 19-9 to on a run, a run that we hadn't seen all day. Mm-hmm. But they cap it by that to get the win. Yeah, yeah. You, you did a really nice job of, of kind of laying out how that happened. And I enjoyed listening back because you, you kind of – as you call the game, you remember some, but mm-hmm. not all, right? And you, you've been in the shoes, too. You know what it's like, so to speak. Yes, yes. <laughs> but when I mean, David goes down, and I'm, I'm thinking, I hope he's okay. Mm-hmm. Stan was the one that noticed right off that the tennis shoe was a little bit on and a little bit off. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my goodness, though. The, the Keontae shot was just a dagger. I mean, and, th- there's and, no other way to say it. And that was part of it in in watching as well. I got the feeling that that was when Kentucky essentially lost their souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And and you you laid that out right too because that call that went K State's way was was pretty significant. And you could probably argue, depending on what color you were cheering for, could see that going either way. The young official who made the call was right on our side, and he was exceptionally emphatic the whole time that Keese was going up and was trying to shoot the ball, and he stuck with it. Stuck with it. Um, I had a little concern that they may change it because I don't know how you saw it, but I thought the, the official that was on the baseline was trying to get him to change mm-hmm. it. Did you agree with that? I, I would agree with that, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Which, again, credit to the officials for discussing it. Oh, sure. But you're, if, you know, if, if it played out the way that you saw it there with the sideline official feeling it was that way and emphatically holding to his belief, hey, we'll take the, uh, we'll take the opportunities there. Yeah. And you know, K-State went from a point where I was concerned at four down <laughs> to rolling. 
Oh yeah, and it what an amazing turn. Yeah, yeah, and that that stretch that you laid out there will be one that people will remember for a while. And and and, and when you have these kind of special wins that happen, you you think about that whether it's you know Barry shot or the the game the game that you know K State had in against Xavier in Salt Lake or whatever it might be. Um, it. it uh, it's going to stay with me for a while, I can promise you that. No doubt about it. The Cats now head to New York City and Madison Square Garden for a Thursday night matchup with Michigan State. We've got much more to dig into from yesterday's matchup specifically, but the weekend as a whole in the NCAA tournament as we continue on Wildcat Insider in a moment. Troy Coverdale, Wyatt Thompson with you as Wildcat Insider continues on News Radio KMAN. Glad to have the voice with us this afternoon because, well, it's in the midst of a very crazy time. Having, having done the NCAA swing, but in my case, the one and done, I remember how busy it was. But it's dramatically busy, especially when you get past the round of 32. You know, it's such an honor to, to call those kinds of games. And I was visiting with the Montana State radio play-by-play guy prior to our broadcast Mm -hmm. on Friday. Young guy. He'd been doing Michigan State basketball for like 10 years for the women Mm -hmm. and got the Montana State job. He's in his third year there now. And Mm -hmm. just a delightful young guy, really fun to talk to, so excited about their team and you know him being there and going through all of that. And it just makes you think that you know everybody has their story. I don't know what you thought. I, I'm, I'm sincere when I say this. I thought Montana State had a darn nice team. They did. Yeah, absolutely. For that and level of, of Division One college basketball, that was a really, really solid team. That Big Sky Conference this year was a was a knockdown drag out. And mm-hmm. if you saw Eastern Washington against Oklahoma State yesterday in the NIT, you got an eyeful of that yeah. uh, because Eastern was the regular season champion and almost ran undefeated through mm-hmm. the league. Yeah, and Montana State was able to win the the title in the tournament. But Jabril Bello, uh, we talked an awful lot about him last week. Mitch and I both did. The fact that he is as physical as he is, and while he's not going to match up well with Oscar Shibwe in terms of physical, it was a good tune up for K State in facing him. Sure. Honestly, yeah. I thought it was hard for K State at times when he was in the game with the other, with the other kid that came off the bench when they basically played two post mm-hmm. players. K State handled it okay after you know a little bit of an adjustment or two there, but th- those two guys, although neither overly athletic, they're pretty active and, and with with pretty darn good size for, for big sky level basketball. Would would you agree with that? I would agree with that yeah, absolutely, yeah. In, especially in in Bellow's case, and because he came into the league, he's strong, very strong, yeah. and he has gotten stronger during the course of his time there. There is no doubt. Yeah, I really liked him, and and Osibor is <laughs> he's probably even a little more skilled um, than Brillo, and and I. Or Bello, rather, but but I really like Raekwon Battle. Wow, mm-hmm. you want to talk about a good shooter and a guy that can get it off fast and really good off the bounce. He he was he was he was good. 
Yeah, and and I was I was pleased to see that the Big Sky acquitted themselves well in that game. Oh sure, you know, it just yeah. just for 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 my friends out at Montana State like Bill Lamberty, their SID, who's who's always been a stand up guy. Mm-hmm. Bill's tremendous, and and I know treated you well uh, in in preparation. You know, he, he's he, he's a big Royals fan, by the way. He is, and he he's a big listener of uh, a sports radio station in Kansas City that stands on. I won't say which one mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we're on radio on another station here, but. He was thrilled to to talk with us, and and I had, you know, he he loved the fact that you know he spent some time out west, and the the Wyoming radio guys mm-hmm. were great friends of mine, and he knows those guys really well too. So it was it was a heck of a fun yep. uh, time I, talking. To I him. hadn't had the opportunity to give you the heads up that that you would have a good conversation with Bill, but yeah. uh, tremendous guy, and uh, and again, it was good to see Montana State uh, turn out the way they did. Uh, that's a heck of a long way for them to travel. By yeah. the way, yeah, we talked about how long it was for K State yeah. to go to Greensboro. Think about it was from from Bozeman to to Greensboro. Greensboro was a good host, by the way. The, the arena is a little bit older. Yes, um, but uh, I thought their people were terrific, and they they treated us and everybody really, really well from what we could see and. Just a great experience, and that's that's what it's supposed to be for the guys. Heck of a uh, two-week stretch for them when you consider yeah. the ACC tournament was there, mm-hmm. and then they turn around and host the first sure. two rounds. Oh, yeah, yeah. They take a lot of pride in that. That I mean, it's not there every year. You know, they bounce it around a little bit. It's been in the Barclays Center mm-hmm. in, in Brooklyn, and they've gone to, you know, Charlotte and what have you. And, but but Greensboro's been the host of that for a lot of years. As a matter of fact, we were flipping around our stand was the TV, and they were showing some old um, ACC tournament highlights with uh, back in the day of guys like Lynn Bias and mm-hmm. Michael Jordan and that kind of stuff. Kind of put into perspective, you know, how what it was like in those days in, in the ACC. That said, it was a site that didn't maybe lend itself to a great K State turnout. However. Now we turn around in New York City, and I know people are buzzing about making their way to Madison Square Garden. Sure, I, I think just in general, if you're a, if you're a, a donor, a fan, whatever, probably going to be a little more excited to go to the big city as opposed to Greensboro, North Carolina. And time is always a factor. Travel's a factor. Cost mm-hmm. of travel, all, all of those kind of things. And, and you're right. We didn't have anywhere near the fans that Kentucky had, as an example. I thought Xavier had a really nice turnout, and, and Pittsburgh too, but of course, of course Pittsburgh was quite a bit closer. But the fans that were there for K-State, made a like like they always do, made a ton of noise, and that was cool. And I'm, I'm excited to see you know our turnout for, for Madison Square Garden. So again, the team will leave tomorrow and head on to New York City. Wednesday is the media day, the open practice, Thursday night game. We've got so much to get to already. It, so we close in on one hour in the book. We'll be back. Wrap hour number one of Wildcat Insider after this. Busy week, by the way. K-State baseball back at it tomorrow night. They welcome in St. Thomas out of the Summit League for a 6 o'clock first pitch Wednesday as well. Women's NIT tomorrow night. K-State against Wyoming out at Bramlage Coliseum. Also a 6 o'clock contest tomorrow night lots going that's like like i said all hands on deck right now in the athletic department uh especially with hosting two events tomorrow oh sure yeah excited for the k-state women to be you know playing in a second game hosting again 
I think they're hopeful if they can win tomorrow, maybe they'll get another one too. We'll see how that plays out. But which would likely be weekend if I'm thinking right on what uh, on, on what Dave brackets those with the WNIT. Uh huh. I, I would. Just a guess on my part, no inside information here at all, but I, I would think probably Friday or Saturday, but that's a total guess on my part. One thing to say about the way that the weekend went, K-State now one of two Big 12 teams that remains alive in the Sweet 16. Maybe a bit surprising, I, not so much to me in just how the way that the brackets laid out going into this opening weekend. I knew TCU was going to face a tough out. Yeah, uh, Kansas... To me, running into Arkansas, that was a tough out for them. It was. Uh, a bad matchup for them. Baylor, I was disappointed, did not do better uh, this past weekend. I did not like the matchup for them with Creighton. Mm-hmm. Uh, just it, it, Probably for no other reason than Kalkbrenner. That, that guy is a hard match for, for a lot of people. Um, and, and as we know, uh, Baylor, a very elite guard-heavy shooting team, but maybe a little bit uh, short on the defensive side. I think that cost them in this game. Um, you know, where you want to go with Kansas, I think you pretty much have to say, you know, maybe not having Bill Self caught up with him with a little bit, but also Arkansas. I thought, I thought Arkansas played a solid game against him, didn't you? I, I did, and did it in the way that they're built to do it, and that is kind of junk it up a little bit and frustrate you. And KU has had the problem all season without much bench contribution as well, and that reared its head as well in that ball game. West Virginia against Maryland wound up being a very bad matchup. Yeah, it was, and and you know what? You learn too as you go. You think you have a pretty good feel for for that, and I I kind of thought that maybe West Virginia had uh, the better of that matchup, but at the end of the day. West Virginia played really pretty well late in the year for a couple of reasons. Two guys, Stevenson and Kedrian Johnson, played high-level offense. Not against Maryland. Right. And that caught them. And they had their game taken to them by Maryland. Maryland got physical early and was able to adjust and play well in doing so against them. And I think Kevin Willard has done a terrific job at Maryland in his first year. Mm-hmm. I know there are other guys, first-year guys, that are getting a ton of headlines, and we've got one that resides here in Manhattan, Kansas, <laughs> but he's done a really good job with the turf so far. And Iowa State was just inexplicable. Yeah, you know, they really struggled uh, after the, the grill situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to put all of it on on that, but but I think it affected them. They've really struggled in the. I'm going to say even as much as maybe the latter third or half of the conference race offensively, they would guard and they would compete. On the nights they were hitting shot, woo, yeah, they, they could get you. Uh, winning at Baylor is an example, but that was really bad the other day, man. Yeah, that's they, they couldn't throw it in the ocean. That's the worst part about that situation when you recognize that it comes down to your shooting as what to be the difference in the ball game and you know that that's a come and go type of thing sure uh it is tough to coach that no doubt coming back in the next hour we'll hear from some of the standouts from the weekend and talk more about what the matchup with michigan state may look like as the cats get ready for the round of 16 in the ncaa tournament and a trip to Madison Square Garden looming in front of them for that Thursday night showdown with Tom Izzo's ball club. Wildcat Insider continues after the local news.